Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. We got a quick video to, uh, to start. Um, and if you guys have never seen Star Wars, you probably won't get it. But if you have, uh, hopefully you'll find it enjoyable. <laughs> Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. You don't believe in the Force, do you? Kid, I've flown from one side of this galaxy to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff, but I've never seen anything to make me believe there's one all-powerful force controlling everything. There's no myth. So, today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, if, you're, if you're like me, when I first became a Christian, the Holy Spirit was kind of like how Han Solo described it. You'd see it moving through the church and through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it was weird. It was speaking in tongues, whatever that means. It was prophesying, praying old people, healings, like all this strange stuff. But today, um, as we are going through this, this sermon series of the seven realities of experiencing God, we're going to be talking about how God speaks through the Holy Spirit. And so for the past couple weeks, we have been going through, my name is Ben, by the way, I forgot to introduce myself, I'm sorry, I just assume people know me because I'm that popular, but I know that's not true. Everybody knows my wife, though. They're like, hey, I introduced myself, hi, I'm Hannah's, Hannah's husband, they're like, oh, we love Hannah, who are you again? All right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair, that's fair. Man, so over the past three weeks, um, Casey's been giving the message. Uh, we've talked about how God is always at work. Do you have that graphic for me, Mike? There it is. There it is. So God is always at work. And he, he gives us this opportunity to join him in this. And that happens through relationship. And so slowly and surely, God starts to break down our walls. We start Maybe God actually is real. Maybe he does love me. Maybe he, he actually cares it for me. And, and we get to the relationship part where we're actually starting to dive deeper with Jesus and wanting to know what he, he has for our lives. And then there's an invitation where he calls us to do something. And usually that's the scariest thing of all. And then he starts to speak to us. If you have your Bibles... I want you to turn to Luke 12 because before we can, can figure out why and how Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, we've got to understand who the Holy Spirit is. It's not just this weird, powerful force that kind of flows in and out and does whatever it wants, kind of like the force in Star Wars. It's, it's a part of the Trinity. He's a part of the Trinity. But that, that Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost title, like, man, when I picture... When I picture God in the Trinity, I can, I can picture God as a dad, and I can hold his hand, and I can picture Jesus as a friend, and I can walk beside him. But when I, when I picture the Holy Ghost, it's almost like I'm picturing Casper, the friendly ghost that's always around, and, but you never know how to react with him because you can't like high-five him or do anything like that because he's a ghost. And so I'm going to take us through, and we're going to learn a few things about who the Holy Spirit is before we figure out why God chooses to speak through him. And so Luke 12, 11 through 12 says, And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit 
will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. And so right off the bat, you'll notice that a lot of these things correlate with each other, and Jesus says a lot of the same stuff about the Spirit because he wants us to get it. He repeats himself a lot, and repetition in the Bible is a good thing because we forget a lot of times. But the Holy Spirit is a teacher. And we're going to see these play out and how he chooses to talk to us later. But he's a teacher, right? He, he brings things to our focus. He, he tries to help us understand because we don't comprehend everything. I wish I did. That'd be great. I wouldn't get yelled at so much for getting stuff wrong. The Holy Spirit is also a helper in his truth. And so John 14, 15 through 17 says... Man, I marked these in my Bible, and I'm still having trouble flipping to them. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's a capital H in my Bible, so it's, it's the Holy Spirit we're talking about. To be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the, the Holy Spirit is helper and he's truth, right? And if we ever have the distinction or, or trouble distinguishing between truth and lie, man, we rely on the Spirit as Christians because the Spirit is truth. But as, as Pete was reading in, in Psalm 51 earlier, man, it talked about how the Spirit was, was evident in the Old Testament. And that's true, but he also wasn't. And I say that because... In the Old Testament, the Spirit would rush on people and stay for a little bit, and then he would depart, right? And I can only imagine what these, the Old Testament people were thinking as the Spirit came upon them, and they felt all this incredible power and this wisdom and this knowledge, and then it just left. And you're kind of like, uh, what just happened, you know? And I wonder if we take the Holy Spirit for granted in our lives because he always dwells with us and in us. It's not the same as, man, we're not hungering after Jesus as much because, oh, we have him inside of us. I don't, I don't need him every Sunday, and I don't need him every day of the week. Man, but the Old Testament, there were very few people who actually got the Spirit rushed upon them. It's a, it's a special thing, and the Spirit would, would allow them to, to see incredible visions or to, to, like Samson ripped the lion in two because the Spirit rushed I could not imagine how scary that would be, um, or awesome that would be. That'd probably be so cool. You just, all right, yeah, just ripped the line in half. <laughs> and lastly, in Romans eight twenty six through twenty seven, we see that the Holy Spirit is an intercessor. Um, and if you don't know what intercessor means, to to intercede for somebody basically means to stand in the gap. Right, And this is a big prayer term that we use. And so if you hear intercessory prayer, intercessory, it, it means people are choosing to stand in the gap for somebody else. And so in verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray, pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Dude, the Spirit is praying for us like crazy. And I, 
I was joking about this when I was practicing on Thursday with, with Tony, but I don't know what those, those groanings too deep for words look like. And sometimes I imagine it being like, and it, it's silly because it's like, oh, like, oh, you're just frustrated or something and you can't get the words out. Or there's tragedy and you are just distraught and you can't get the words out. Or you're so happy, you ever been so happy that you just can't say anything. You just sit there smiling like a fool. The Holy Spirit is working in those times. He knows what needs to be said. And he's praying for us. That's kind of cool to think that God is actively praying for us through the Spirit. And so as we think about how, how God speaks through the Holy Spirit, there are a couple ways he does this, but I don't want to get caught up in, in how God speaks as much as that God's actually speaking to you. You're his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. I don't care if you're 65 or 6. He speaks to you. And, and a lot of it is, is are we willing to listen? Because sometimes it's really fun stuff that he has to speak to us. It's like, oh, man, Ben, I love you so much. And, man, you're doing such a great job loving your wife. And, oh, you're just the best pastor ever. He does, I wish he said that more. But a lot of times it's hard. He's like, hey, I, I want your heart. Why are you dealing with all this other stuff if, if I'm your first love? And it's convicting, but it's a sweet conviction. And so there are four main ways that God chooses, well, five main ways that God chooses to speak to us. Through Bible, through the Bible, God's word. Through prayer, through circumstances, through the church. And as oddly as it seems, God chooses to speak to us through silence. Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. God wants us to have common sense. And the world's not going to teach you that. And you, you could spend one day on social media and realize the world has no idea what common sense is. But he wants us to have common sense. He wants us to go to the scripture for reproof, for correction. He wants the church to be that for us too. And that's what discipleship is all about. Growing, learning more. Man, realizing like, hey, I really suck at this part of my life, and that is a really gross part of my life that I need to give to God. What? The Holy Spirit speaks through Scripture. Man, have you guys ever like, you're reading through Scripture, and you could have read the same Scripture 1,500 times, and you read it again, and you're like, holy crap, I never realized that. Like I was reading through Exodus 3 the other day, and it talks about how God uses women to, to basically ransack the nation of Egypt. And like, you think about that as like men usually go to war and everything, and, and they, they crush the kingdom and they take all the spoils, and he used women who were considered a little less than property in Old Testament time. Like that just blows my mind, and it's, it's crazy. Because it, it forces you to change your way of thinking of like, 
God can use anybody. He can use children to conquer kings. He also speaks to us through prayer. And Matthew 6, 7 through 8 does a real good job of putting this into perspective for us. This is right before he gets into the Lord's Prayer. And he says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Prayer doesn't have to be complicated. It feels complicated because you're like, oh, I'm talking to the air. And, oh, man, if you're in a prayer circle, you're like, holy crap, I better not say the wrong thing. Otherwise, that woman across the, across the circle is going to judge me. And the pastor's here, so i got to present. God doesn't care how you talk to him. Man, sometimes it's so easy. I, I have this chair in my house. I, I seem to always talk about this chair when I preach, but it's a rocking chair, and that's the best chair in the house. And so I, I have God sit there, and I sit in a different chair, and we just talk. And you listen, and, and man, and sometimes what he has to say is like, hey, like, you didn't do such a good job this week, like, what happened with this, this, and this? And you're like, Ugh. and you can't make excuses with God because then it's like, well, he already knows. Uh. But then you can just talk to him like, dude, I'm really struggling with this. And man, I really want to love these people better and I want these relationships to work. And, and God, I'm worried about my family's health and I'm worried about my health. And, and you can be real with them. It's like talking to your best friend who already knows everything about you so you don't have to hide anything. And it's a sweet, sweet moment. He also talks to us through circumstance. We're going to go to Exodus 3, 2 through 4 for this one. And it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame out of fire, he as in Moses. So we're talking about Moses now. Out of the midst of a bush, he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not Consumed, And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God call, to, to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. I've never seen a burning bush, but one of the greatest sights I've ever seen, uh, I'm a bird guy. And I see hawks. I look for them all the time. My dad does this too. And I thought it was crazy because he used to do it while we were driving. And I thought we were going to die every, every, every week on the way to church. And I find myself doing it now too. But if you've ever seen a hawk sitting up on a perch, and he's just moving his head back and forth, and you see him take off, and he's got these big wings, and suddenly he kills something on the ground. And you're just like, man, I just saw that happen. Like that was the whole circle of life right there. But it, it stops you for a second. And in that moment, God calls you by name. Ben. Ben. You're like, ooh. But he gets our attention. And sometimes great sights aren't as cool as burning bushes or, or hawks flying and killing some. Sometimes it's tragedy. Guys, God is not, you can't put God in a box of like, oh, God only speaks through the good stuff. Because that's going to make the bad stuff in your life really crappy. A great sight. 
Somebody died. Get the family together, the pastor's talking. In that moment here, still small whisper. Hey, I'm with you. Your daughter, your son is getting married, and you're bawling your eyes out because you can't believe it, and you don't want your little girl or little boy to grow up. Hey, I'm with you. He speaks through circumstance, but first he has to get your attention. It's like talking to somebody with their back turned, right? He can talk to you, and you can hear just fine, but if I'm talking like this, that's not much of a relationship. He also speaks through the church. And I love this because, man, we're, we're worshiping. God speaks through the worship. If you don't know, I usually stand over there in the back and, and pace and pray. And if you see, it probably freaks you out because you're like, what's that guy doing? But in those moments, God, like I'm, I'm, I'm praying for the congregation. I'm, I'm praying to see. And me and Pete will talk sometimes afterwards. And he's like, hey, so what was God saying to you? Like, and like last week, he was like, man, God just really wants to know that everybody loves him. Like that he loves everybody in this church. But it's not just New City Edgerton. It's the church, Big C. Man, the Holy Spirit helps us seek unity within the body. Right? We can disagree on a lot, but if we can't come in agreement on the scripture, can we really call ourselves a big C church? And that comes through the Holy Spirit. And then there's that big question. The the what if what if I can't hear God or, or what if he's not talking to me or what if, what if, what if? And in Amos, chapter 8, the Lord says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor, of, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of God, but they shall not find it. And guys, I've been there. Dude, I have been so desperate for words of the Lord. I go to, like, all my friends back home, here. I'm like, hey, dude, have you heard anything from Jesus? Because, like, I need a word, right? Have you ever been that desperate? Because it's hard. Man, it's, you think of the people close in your family, right? You can go maybe a day without talking to your wife. Maybe. Two days, okay, maybe. Three days? A week? A month? What if your kids never talk to you for a month? What if your dad never called? What if you never called your dad for a month? Imagine how much time. That's, well, unless you're in February, it's like 30 days. 30. Unless it's a leap year, too, then I guess February's closer, but... And you think about 30 days pass. There's a lot to catch up. Like, hey, kids are doing well in school, and, well, if one of them is at least, and my daughter's really like, she sucks at math, but I, I guess you already knew that from the last time we talked a month ago, and it hurts to bring that up. But 
God doesn't do anything without a purpose. He doesn't just, oh, you know, I just don't feel like talking to Ben today. He's a loser anyway, so I'll just keep quiet. Never. That's, that's not the heart of the Father, you guys. And, and so if we're, if we're really wondering and wanted to dig in why God seems silent, there are a couple reasons that I have found. One of them is, what was the last thing that God told you to do, and did you do it? His previous instruction. God's not going to tell you something new until you do what he told you, right? It's like your kids are at home and like, hey, you need to clean your room. You're like, oh, dad, I, I want to do something else today. Like, I want to go play with my friends. No, like, you need to clean your room. You're not going anywhere until you clean your room. And they go and play with their friends anyway, but they feel bad afterwards because they didn't get the room clean. You see, a lot of times we're, we're kicking kicking against God, and we're trying to go out, and we're like, dude, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And, and God's like, I'm not in that with you because you haven't done this thing. Previous instruction. And sometimes it's unconfessed, unconfessed sin. Man, there is nothing that puts up a barrier between us and God like sin. And God can crash that barrier down in like zero seconds. Unless we don't give it to him. He, he, can't, he can't break down our walls unless we say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. God, this wasn't of you and I, and I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have treated my wife this way or I definitely shouldn't have spoken to my dad like that. I'm sorry. And a lot of times... That's probably the hardest one because we're ashamed to come to God because we're supposed to be his obedient children. But God doesn't want perfect kids. Nowhere in Scripture have I ever seen, say, oh, you've got to be perfect to be my child. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. One of his commands is Repentance. It's like you get in an argument. I'm using my spouse a lot today. I'm sorry, honey. I don't have kids, though, so. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you get into a really bad argument with your spouse or your kid or your dad. Really bad. Things were said. Tears were shed. Anger just boiling. And the next day, you talk to them like nothing happened. It's, that's not how relationship works. And when there's hurt and when there's division, there's got to be reconciliation and unity brought back. And the last reason, this was hard for me too, I guess they're all pretty hard, <laughs> is that sometimes God just wants us to shut up and listen. Dude, it is so hard to have a relationship with somebody when you're doing all the talking. You don't know them. You don't know their heart. And the second that you need help, you're like, well, who do I call on? Because I don't know anybody. And you're stuck and you're left alone. It is so hard to stop your mouth, to stop my mouth enough 
just hear God's voice. But it's so important because he has some great stuff to say to you. And if you don't believe it, if you've got, um, you can't really tell because my Bible's falling apart. My wife doesn't like that either because it gets everywhere. But if you get one of the New Testaments and the red letters, oh man, red letter Bibles are awesome because that's all the words of Jesus. And man, if you look at how he speaks about his kids and the people that he loves, it'll knock you, knock you on your butt. But man, there are times where it's like you just get so caught up in the goodness of God, you can't do anything or help but just receive it. You can't receive if you're talking all the time. And so some questions as we close. And I want you to think back and kind of remember these things. And if you guys don't journal, I kind of encourage you to journal. Um, I don't do it much anymore, but uh, it's something I need to get back into as well. Because it, it, it helps us go back and pinpoint things. So question number one for you. In what ways have you experienced God's extraordinary presence? Is it common for you? Is it you were in the hospital one day? Is it, oh, your granddad's real sick? Is it, oh, I had a kid and and God was there with me? God's extraordinary presence. Second thing is when was the most recent time you knew God was speaking to you? And what did he say? It helps to dwell on the word of God. Mary did it all the time. She hid everything that God told her in her heart. And she'd bring it up for recollection. Almost, I want to say every day, but it doesn't really say. But we need that. Even if it is convicting. Even if it's like, hey, I want you to stop playing video games and actually spend some time with people in your life. You're like, I don't know, you haven't seen some of the people in my life. It's good. And the last one, and if you don't know the answer to this one, um, ask your spouse and they'll, or your kids, and they'll usually tell you how good you do at it, but how well do you respond to God's direction? Man, does God tell you something, you're like, yeah, let's go do it like Paul? Or are you more like Jonah, like, <laughs> God, I, they don't need us. And I really hate them, and I am not going to them. How do we respond to God's direction? Why don't you bow your heads with me? God, we thank you, man, that you speak with us, and that you want to speak with us, and that you want to be in relationship with us. I thank you that that you speak through all these things, but the most important part is that you're just wanting to speak with us. That, and I know it's hard because a lot of the times, man, when we're reading scripture, when we're hanging out at the church, a lot of stuff gets brought up. Hurt and, and bitterness. and A lot of times we tell you we don't want to deal with that. But Holy Spirit, you're a helper you teach us, and you're constantly in prayer for us. 
And so, Dad, I pray that you would cause the Holy Spirit to just flow over the congregation and over me and over just about everybody here. Because we need you. All right, and Holy Spirit, we know you're here, but a lot of times we have trouble acknowledging your presence. So I pray that as we go today, Dad, that these questions would start to stir things in our hearts. And that you would lead us back. Actually, you would lead us forward. I don't want to go back. You would lead us forward into a greater relationship with you. And pray. Amen.